Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, my name is Jay Heiss. I am the middle school pastor here at Calvary, and so I work with Pastor Matt in helping disciple our youth students. And it is my honor to be able to share with you this morning. And so I'm excited as we're going to get into God's Word and be challenged. I know Pastor Chad has been doing uh, just a, a phenomenal series of the voices in our head and just talking through some really relevant topics. And so as we, we talk through today, I want to talk about kind of this, this idea of, of our prayer. And I think for some of us, we find ourselves in different seasons with prayer. For some of us, it's man, my prayer life is great. I feel like God and I have this connection. We're, we're growing. For others of you, maybe you, you're in a season where it's like, man, where, like I feel distant from God. Or for some of you, you're like, man, I'm still figuring all this out. I'm figuring out, man, what does it mean to be a Christian? And do I believe in this and that? And so we're going to talk today and kind of this idea that I want to talk about, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. And then we'll also be jumping to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, but talking about this idea and the importance of having a forgiving heart. And I think this is something that isn't always associated with prayer, but if you see in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus talks about the Lord's Prayer and he gives us these verses there, we're going to focus specifically on verse 12 and then 14 and 15. Uh, but a forgiving heart, I think this is, this is critical, a forgiving heart helps make a prayer more than just words. And I think for some of us, prayer is about the words and the things that we say, but we don't always comprehend or always realize or always keep in front of us the power of prayer comes from our heart. It's our motive. It's our direction. And so a forgiving heart creates a prayer that is more than just words. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples and the people he's ministering to on the mountain. Uh, on the mount, and he says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And this is the verses following immediately after the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and, and all that. And, and Jesus is following up with this. If you forgive other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And I think there's this huge element of forgiveness that is powerful when we talk about prayer. In verse 12 of chapter 6, Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I, I think sometimes... When we read that, we don't always comprehend what Jesus is saying there. And he says it doesn't mean that we're lost or that we've completely failed if there's moments of unforgiveness. If this old spirit creeps in, and, and I think for some of us, it's, man, when you start talking about forgiveness, there might be something you're in right now, or there might be a circumstance that you've been carrying with you. For years and years and years, whether somebody did something to you or, or you did something that you haven't been able to address, to where there's this, there's this tension that comes with this scripture. And it does not mean that we're lost or that our prayers are not heard. 
if we have these thoughts, these feelings within. But Jesus is trying to bring a, an, a clarification to this and, and how it will go well with us and help us in our faith, in our prayers. And he's talking more so about a, a heart that knows it is wrong, knows that there is unforgiveness in its heart, but doesn't do anything about it. That continues to just seek God without addressing the issues at hand. He's talking about a knowing recognition. It's, it's a heart condition. It's like me in, in this interaction. I, I've had this opportunity where when I was younger, uh, I had this opportunity to play basketball with Toby Mack. If you don't know who Toby Mack is, he's a recording artist. I was probably a freshman at the time. And it's like me saying, hey, I played basketball with Toby Mack one time. Him and I are pretty tight. You know, I played with his band, too, before a concert. Now, here's the reality. I, that, that actually did happen. I haven't talked to him since. I haven't interacted with him since. It was a really cool experience, but that's all that it was. And I, I think... When we hold on to, to bitterness, or when we hold on to unforgiveness, or when we hold on to grudges, and those things take root in our heart, it creates this, this prison, this barrier that hinders not only our relationship with the Lord, but our prayers, which is our direct connection with God. And so we have to be mindful of, of saying, and, and I think regularly, looking at our hearts and saying, is there anything that is hindering or building up a wall between Myself and God. You see, an unforgiving heart is one of the greatest barriers to our prayers. If we hold unforgiveness within our hearts, we're hindering the connection that we can have with God. We're hindering what God might want to speak to us or use us for and speak through us. And so it's so important that we understand this. In, in this passage in Matthew chapter 18, skipping ahead, Jesus is telling this other this story and so there's a lot of verses here, but I want to read through them because we're going to spend a lot of our morning talking about this passage. And so here's, here's what it is. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. This all came by a question that Peter asked Jesus. And he said to him, Lord, how often will my brother, uh, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I think this is a familiar passage for us. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And Jesus is trying to reiterate a point that we are to be people who are constantly forgiving. And then he goes into to give this, this parable. In verse 23, he says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, we're going to see some, some phrases of, of money and wealth in here, and we'll talk about those here in just a second and, and the importance of this. But 10,000 talents, verse 25 says, And since he could not pay, his master ordered that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made through that. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found out how fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized them. He began to choke him. This just gets really into it. Jesus just details in here. Like, choke him after this great forgiveness that he had been shown. 
he goes after these other people who owed him. Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned that, that servant back. And he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And you should, not have, uh, you should not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And so he's posing this question. He's saying, shouldn't you have done that as well? I forgave you so much, but you weren't able to forgive him? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And you see this powerful story that Jesus is trying to communicate here about the power of forgiveness. And if you've been in church or if you're experiencing things, there is so much power that comes from the forgiveness that God has given to us. There's so much forgiveness that comes because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And Jesus is trying to paint this picture here to help us to understand how much he values that we forgive others. And so going back to that, that money there, like we read those terms and, you know, we know dollars and things of that sort. Here, here's a little back, uh, a little context to that. A denarii was roughly one day's wage. Uh, and so that was, that was one day's wage. So the one servant owed the other servant 100 denarii. So a, a large sum of money. Um, but here's what's really intriguing. And if you look in footnotes or do a little study on this, one talent was crazy, crazy money. And so I, I, I did a little research here. One talent was roughly 6,000 days wages. Or if you want to put that into perspective of an actual working uh, week, that's, that's roughly working five days a week every year for almost 20 years is one talent. And this guy owed his master 10,000 talents. We're talking big money right here. We're not talking no small debt to be forgiven. And Jesus is trying to create this large comparison, and I think it represents so well just what God has done for us. The lengths he went to forgive us. And what I love about Jesus and the Holy Spirit that is working within us is that God didn't just you know, do that for us and say, hey, you're good to go. He did that and then gave us connection to him. We can go to him. We have the Holy Spirit who is with us. When we call upon the name of the Lord, he hears us. We have that prayer that is so important for us. And so it brings that point back up again, how important it is to know that having an unforgiving heart is one of the greatest barriers to our prayers. And there's times where I have to do inventory on, on my life, on my heart. And there's been seasons where, where there is going to be highs and lows, and that's the nature of life. And if we've been talking about this series, there's so much that goes on in our heads. We talk ourselves out of it, or why is this happening to me, or how could this happen to them? And, and so we're, we're, we're processing through all of this. Where at some point, it's not a direct 
reaction by something we did that, that, that hinders us. But there might be some things that we need to clean up in our lives in order that we can be without excuse and say, God, I've got nothing getting in the way of being able to pursue you. God, I don't want any barrier, any prison, any wall to get in between my connection with you. And if there are things that are hindering our prayers, we're running at different directions from the Lord. And so as we talk today, I want to talk about three ways an unforgiving heart imprisons your prayers. And I think for, for some of us that we feel in that place where we feel like we're, we're always talking out, but God's not talking back. Or we feel like we don't, God's not working in our lives. And so there's this struggle that takes place because we're, we're unsure. It's like, man, I thought I at one point was hearing the voice of God, and I thought he was moving in my life, but man, it seems like it's, it's not there. Or again, for some of you, you're probably searching for this. You're like, man, I hear about how these people have these relationships and these conversations with God, and man, I have never experienced anything like that. I want to talk about some things that could possibly be, be hindering those. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, these are things that, that one, we're in control of, but two, things that we're not always aware of. And so as we talk about this, three ways an unforgiving heart imprisons your prayers. The first one is this, is that oftentimes you can become too focused on yourself. When we're so focused on ourselves, it's hard to pay attention to what's happening around us. And when our desire is to pursue what we want or what we need or what we desire and strive for, then there's a chance and there's a time where when our focus is on there that we miss the things that God's trying to bring along in that. And we know by Scripture, we know there is Scripture that says God has a plan for us. God has designed us and uniquely made us with a purpose. God isn't trying to ruin our dreams. God has given you those things because he has given you those dreams. And we have to recognize that when we can do this journey with God, that our dreams become so much more sweeter that our passion, that our desires, that our thoughts become so much better. If you go back down to the Matthew chapter 18, verses 28 and 29 kind of talks about this point. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. You have this man coming off being forgiven such a phenomenally great debt. And his main focus was, man, he saw that dude and it sparked the interest. Oh, that guy owes me. After receiving so much grace, after receiving so much forgiveness, his first reaction to that was not necessarily that of joy and gratefulness and let's move forward in life. It was, all right, now I need to go collect my debt. You see, there's, there's a heart issue with this servant. And I think at times, like, we're thinking through this, like, if you had kids or when you were a kid or you've played with kids, how many of you guys have ever filled up water balloons, right? All right, now, now if you filled up water balloons, you know how difficult and how, uh, Man, if you put too much in, you can't tie the balloon. If you put too much in, it might just burst on you while you're filling it. If you put too little in, then it's not going to break. Like, they're finicky. you got to have them just right. And I think in, in some ways, this is like filling a water balloon. If we're taking too much time 
and just filling ourselves with everything that we want, everything that we desire. If we're just trying to satisfy our cravings, our desires, if we're constantly just intaking in, but not giving and sharing in that forgiveness that we have been given, then at some point we're going to burst. Or on the, the other side, man, if we're not doing enough to just reach out to people, we're just filling ourselves too short. There's so much more potential that God has for us. And when we allow unforgiveness to take place in our hearts, and when we allow that heart to take place, then we hinder ourselves from being right where God wants us to be. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, uh, talks about this. And, and Jesus saying, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And here you, you, you have Jesus saying, if you recognize, when you come before me in worship, when you come before me to, to ask for forgiveness and repentance, but you remember that there's something that's in the way, take care of the sin. Don't wait. And, and I think so many times we, we, we come to God and say, Lord, I need more of you, I need more of you, I need more of you. And we don't always take into consideration how God wants us to manage what we have. How God wants us to bring restoration to what might have been broken. And you see here that he says, you know, even if that's you foregoing your worship to go and make that right, that's what I want you to do. I want you to get everything right. I want you to be ready to come if you know it. And I love that, that verse when he talks about the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our debts as we have already forgiven our debtors that we forgive those who come against us, that we forgive those who hurt. A quote says this by Brian Tracy. It says, love only grows by sharing. You can only have more for yourself by giving it away to others. And I think that's, that's the essence of what our role in our charge is as a Christ follower, to go and make disciples, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus puts this emphasis that it's less about ourselves and, and more about how can God use us? How can more people come to experience him? Because God desires that all people will come to know him. And the really cool thing is that God uses us as his vessels to help accomplish that purpose. But if we have this wall in the way that's keeping us from being able to have communication with God, but also being able to have relationship with other people, then we're hindering the purpose of why he created us and what his desire is for us. You see it again, Matthew 5.44. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, I understand when we talk about this that, that there are times where people do things to you that are completely wrong, that were undeserving, that clearly we're in the wrong and it's hard to forgive it's hard to move forward sometimes those are the things that that keep you back but I think at, at times it's not only making right a situation but for you being able to forgive somebody else allows you to move forward even despite what's happened it doesn't take away what happened in the past but it allows you to continue to walk forward in your life and it allows you to continue to pursue what it is that God has put before you. But as long as you're focusing on what 
has happened. And man, there, there is trouble, trouble, there is trauma, there is things that probably comes from that. There are relationships that are broken. There are families that, that are, are off because of it. There is tension that happens. But whatever we can do to make that right is what God asks of us. The first point, we can become too focused on ourselves. The second thing is this, is at times you can focus on what others owe you. What can hinder our prayers when we're so focused about what everybody else should be doing to us? And I'm not necessarily just speaking about debts in this sense. There are times where we feel like, man, I, they should thank me for this. <laughs> I went totally out of my way for this and I haven't heard a word. Like there are things that we can hold on to where we feel like, man, I deserve this. And as long as that, that goes back to a me focus, but when we're focused on other people and how they should respond to us, it doesn't allow us to respond in the way that God would desire for us to respond. It doesn't allow us to live the life that God has called us to live. And you see this so much in culture. I mean, I, I deal with this so much in middle school <laughs> with these students. And there, there are some instances uh, with Foursquare, especially the game, if you're not, oh my goodness, like, the arguments and the things that come up, I'm just like, if you're arguing, then you're both out, and two new people can come in. Because you get so caught up on, no, it hit this line, or no, it did this, or no, you hit, that you're so focused on everything else that you can't play the game, and you ruin it for everybody else who's around. There is a power in this. Matthew 18, verse 30, if you continue in that story, so the man was unable to pay back his debts, the, the second servant. And when the, the servant was unable to pay that de debt, the servant who had already been forgiven refused and went to put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And guess what? It got back to the master. You see, anytime there's unforgiveness in our life, we might think it's only concerning us, but at some point it starts to affect all of us around. It starts to affect those who are around. And it might affect you on a greater level personally, but there are repercussions that come with that. Uh, I read this story of a man who was walking through Yellowstone National Park, and as he was walking, he noticed that there was this grizzly bear off and it was feeding on some uh, kind of like camper leftover picnic stuff that they hadn't cleaned up. And so he stood from a distance wisely and, and watched this. And so this bear was content, had paid no attention to him. Um, and then no other creature drew, like came near him until uh, after a few minutes, there was this creature that came by called a skunk. And the man, man said this, it was really interesting because as that grizzly bear was feeding and the skunk was coming within that range too, the grizzly bear didn't do anything to that skunk because he knew what would come from that. <laughs> that there was a mess that would take place because it would cost the bear too much to get even with that skunk. That something that would stick would come back from if he retaliated, if he defended you see, there are times, and, and we can be so easily tempted to fall into this to where there are opportunities for us to get back at other people, to get even, 
to make a right in our own eyes. But in the end, we have to ask ourselves those questions. But is this really going to make right the situation? Is this really going to benefit our lives? Is this really going to pay off in the end? And I don't think we always take the time ahead of time to think through that. That oftentimes we, we react before we think. We say things that we don't realize the consequences of what they will be. And when we do this, we, we create this tension and this barrier between other people. And I think what happens is when, when we allow our conflicts to take place with other people, there's so much scripture that supports that you're not only creating conflict between them, but you're creating conflict between me and God, you and God. Because if you're to love your neighbor as yourself, if you're to help others come to know and experience Jesus, if you're to model and live that life for other people, but yet you can't maintain the relationships you have, or there is things that come in place in that sense that, that create this wall, then you're hindering not only your relationships with people, but your relationship with God and your connection with God. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And those are tough words to swallow when you don't want to forgive somebody. I can remember my parents, man. I would do something to my sister. Say you're sorry. Sorry. No, say it like you mean it. Sorry. All right, now give her a hug. It's like as soon as the hug came in, like, good. Like, no. Like, this, I don't want to do this. But we're charged. Bear with one another and forgive one another, just as Christ forgave you. The longer that you hold on to unforgiveness in your heart, the further that, that distance between you and God can become. And that's not saying God isn't able to speak to you, and that's not saying God isn't trying to reach out to you, but so many times we don't realize how we cut ourselves off from God. And it's important for us to evaluate ourselves. First thing, you become too focused on yourself. The second thing is a lot of times what hinders our prayers is we become focused on what other people owe us. And the third thing which I think this is most important because it puts everything into perspective, is that you forget the one who forgave you first. And if we can grasp and embrace and live by this mentality of saying, man, God forgave me for every single thing that I have done and every single thing I will do wrong. And he's done that for each and every single one of us. That it changes the perspective of who should and shouldn't it be forgiven. Because the reality is God has offered this to everyone. If they will accept it. I read this story of a man who got trapped in an elevator. This was many, many years ago before cell phones and all that. And so basically he worked on like a top floor of a building in a city and took this elevator down to the bottom floor so he could have a smoke break. And so... 
he had his smoke break and all that and goes back and I guess there was this elevator that had like an expressway that basically would take you straight to the top and bypass all the other floors. So this guy's like, well, I need to get back to work. So he went to take that elevator. So he gets in this elevator and it bypassed 39 floors. So it took him to floor 40. So a big elevator. And he gets in there, it shuts, he starts to go up, and then all of a sudden, it stops on floor 13 of all floors, right? And he was stuck in there for over 40 hours. Really, because the security guards who were monitoring the tape weren't doing their job well and didn't realize there was a man stuck in there and sleeping and pacing in a six-by-six six elevator. But I think what happened was this guy was just trying to get to his place as quick as he can, and along the way, there would hit a road bump. And it hindered. It hindered him. And instead of being able to get to his place in a minute, it took him 40 hours. And I think when we spend so much of our time pursuing and, and maybe even struggling with and, and, and just trying to get back at other people or trying to make right, just all these different things in our own eyes, and when we don't direct our focus back to God, what is it that you would have me do? What is it that you would have for me in this situation? God, help and give me the strength to forgive here. God, give me the awareness to know when I have done wrong. Give me the strength to say what I need to say, even though it might be tough. That it's those things that hinder us when we don't. You see, you create a prison that hinders your prayers when you don't forgive. Or we could say elevator. <laughs> you might find yourself stuck in this place, not going up, not going down, not being where you should be when your prayers are hindered. In a scripture, to wrap up our story, Matthew 18, verse 32. This is when he, the master calls him back. The master summoned this guy back. After all this wrong, after being forgiven, after being forgiven, and after then demanding from someone else, this master summons him back. And he says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now remember, this guy's debt was 10,000 talents. And if you remember, one talent was a ton of money. There's pretty much no hope in this talent, in this story. And then Jesus ends it, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I think this forces us to have to ask the question of, is the thing that I'm stuck on, is the unforgiveness in my heart really worth the cost of what I'm holding on to? Is it really God's best for me? Would I rather hold on to this than to be able to release it and say, God, help me to move on from this and to be right in your sight? 
And if we can ask ourselves, and, and, and I'm not naive to know that there are, there are situations in here that vary. Some things can be minor. It's like, yeah, I probably should move on from that. And others are like, yeah, but you don't know what this person did to me. You don't know what they did to my family. And though we can't control how somebody might apologize or try to forgive us or what they might have done to us. We can control our response to a situation. We can control how we live. And it might not be easy. In fact, it's probably going to be, for some of you, the toughest thing you can do. But there is so much power in being able to release what you hold on to. I use that, that, that visual for our students all the time, especially in a time of worship, to say, you know, we lift our hands because it's, it's saying, I'm not gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna let go and I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna go for it. I don't want anything to be held back, but God, I wanna be fully ready to receive from you. And I think for some of us, we need to be ready to receive. We've been holding on to this burden. Maybe it's been something that's completely changed your personality. People around you or, or people have abandoned you because of the way you've become over this. And there are long-term hurts that are associated with this. But I believe that God wants to bring restoration to us. You see, I've said it a few times already, but an unforgiving heart is the barrier to our prayers. It's one of the barriers to it. If you feel distant from God, at times, I, 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 I gotta believe so many times because I've seen it in my life that when I feel most distant from God, it's because something is out of alignment in my life. And sometimes I'm aware of it, but half the time I don't even realize it because it's become so normal. And my prayer for us today, for you today, is that if there's anything that is hindering, that you would seek him out. And get in. here's the reality. You might be taking a step in that direction today because it's tough to forgive certain things. And it might take a little time to truly work towards that. It's easy to say, hey, just forgive that person. Hey, God forgave you. But we're not perfect. <laughs> we have to continue to push towards that thing. And what you start with forgiveness today is going to be something that you're going to have to keep practicing and keep forgiving throughout so that you don't let that creep back in and build a wall. The team is going to lead us in a song here in just a second. And here's how I'd like to spend our last few moments together. I kind of want to, I want to pose this question to you. How has an unforgiving heart affected you? For some of you, man, somebody did something to you and, and we've talked about it, but man, it's tough. I don't know how I can forgive that person for what they did. I don't know how I'm going to be able to. I don't know if I have the strength to. 
I don't know if I have the desire to. For others of you, maybe the Holy Spirit's going to bring to your heart, hey, did you realize that what you did here was, man, that hurt that person? Man, do you understand the, the trouble that you've put through that person by what you said or what you did? And there might be some, some forgiveness that you need to go and seek. Hey, will you forgive me? I responded poorly here. I hurt you because I was hurting. And I think in another way that, that there are some of you in here who are on this journey of trying to figure out this whole church, this whole God, this whole Jesus thing. And you might need to ask for forgiveness of your sins to experience this relationship that you struggle with having connection with God in prayer because you never have, because there is this sin issue that is just blocking you from being able to do that. And so I'm gonna pray here in just a second. And as our team leads us today, I would encourage you with this. Search your heart in these next few moments. Maybe even ask God, Lord, if there is anything that I'm not aware of, would you bring that to my attention now? And then we're gonna take some time to pray to wrap up. So Father, as we come before you, Lord, I pray that in these next couple of moments, that, Lord, you would speak to us, that your spirit would be at work in this room. Lord, for any who are hearing this message, Lord, whether here or whether online, whether in their homes, God, I pray that your spirit would bring to light the things that need to be addressed. God, we don't want to go on living with an unforgiving heart. So, Father, we ask that you move in these next few moments.
If you're able, would you stand with me? And as we wrap up today, we covered those, those three aspects. And with your eyes closed where you're standing, and you say, you know what, there, there is unforgiveness in my heart, whether that I need to go and forgive somebody else or that I'm having trouble giving forgiveness to somebody. Or man, I, do, I need Jesus. There's something that's just hindering my prayers and I don't wanna be left away from God. I wanna draw close to him. And I love this song that we sing because God has said that we are a child of God. The son has set us free that we don't have to be bound to those things. And it might be something that you feel like you don't think you can overcome, but God has already overcome that in your life. The hardest part is for us being able to get over ourselves and say, God, I need that. Lord, I desire that. Lord, I want nothing less than that. God, I want nothing less than the best that you have for me. So before... I pray if there's anyone in here where, where one of those things, man, you need to give forgiveness or maybe you need to be able to forgive yourself even in this time. If that's you in here and you say that, that man, that speaks to me. If you just want to raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Yeah, hands all over. So I'm going to pray and I would encourage you to pray along with me in your own words. And ask for that forgiveness for yourself because I think there's something powerful here that when we're reconciled, and you can, you can talk about this in the sense of God or even relationships, that when you reconcile a situation, it takes confession and it takes repentance. It takes understanding that, hey, I messed up or hey, I need to accept this. And it also need, takes having that heart to say, I am repentant. And when we can pray from a place of that standpoint that there is reconciliation that can happen, and reconciliation might be a process and take time, but those are the steps to work towards that. So I would encourage you as you pray, confess those things and repent from your heart in that. Father, we come before you. God, I pray for everyone in here who raised their hand. God, for those who are listening or watching online. God, for those who are in a place where there is something that is hindering them from being able to experience connection with you. Lord, I pray that that person would find a way to rely upon your Holy Spirit, that it would give them the strength, that it would give them the opportunity to make things right, that it would give them the, the ability and the courage to move forward. And God, for those who need to come to know you, who need to accept that forgiveness that you have given to them, Lord, I pray in this moment that they would feel that, that they would experience that. And Father, I pray that as we go from here today, that God, we would not just leave another church service, but that we would go empowered by your spirit, empowered by the forgiveness that you have given to us. And God, that we would look for those opportunities to forgive others and to honor others and to love others. We're so thankful for the way that your spirit is at work. And Father, we ask all these things in your name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming out today. If you made a decision or would like prayer about anything, we have some people in our Connection Center who would love to, to pray with you or answer any questions you have, uh, especially if you decided to ask Jesus into your heart. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you Wednesday night.